uh, a little while ago, I was asked to try and capture 2021, and I described it like one giant game of snakes and ladders. Uh, at times we've advanced only to sort of roll the die and be forced to retreat once again. We've sort of taken two steps forward and, and one step back, and yet, hey, we're at Christmas again. <laughs> and in Australia, Christmas, you listen on the radio, you, you watch on TV, it's all about giving and receiving gifts, isn't it? This year, Australians have spent or will spend $23.9 billion on Christmas, $23.9 billion on Christmas, with the average Aussie expected to spend $372 on gifts alone. $372 on gifts alone. Not all of which, by the way, will be well received. I used to be a primary school teacher. And I would receive a range of gifts at the end of any given year. And um, one year, a very genuine, very pleasant student named Jack gave me a gift, which I'll never forget. And I'll never forget it because I took a photo of it. And it keeps coming up on my Facebook memories. Um, So here it is here. And if you can't quite make it out, it included an apple, um, some old soap, some Mars pods, which turned out to be uh, stale, and some used ladies' deodorant. <laughs> Pretty sure it just raided the family pantry or perhaps the, the bathroom drawers. Um, I can see some students thinking, yeah, that's about right. Clearly I taught him well. I'm sure none of you can relate to receiving unwanted gifts. But here's a stat for you. Every Christmas, one in ten gifts are returned or re-gifted. Okay. One in ten gifts are returned or re-gifted. It's interesting, isn't it? Where is this a society we, we used to accept gifts without question? We can now sort of take them or leave them. We no longer feel that if someone gifts you something, we're obliged to accept it. Nowadays, there's no shame in returning or or re-gifting. At Christmas, Jesus is sometimes described as a gift, isn't he? But from the very beginning, some have accepted him and others have rejected him. And did you notice in this story that Bernie read for us that we saw both of those responses? From the very beginning, we see some rejecting, some accepting. And uh, we read today of the Magi, the wise men. Now, at this point, uh, we have to include a few disclaimers. The story of the Magi has been immortalised in the Christmas carol, We Three Kings of Orient Are. Are you familiar with that one? Um, We need to get some things straight, however. Uh, That they gave three gifts to the infant Jesus doesn't necessarily mean that there were three of them. Actually, we're not told how many there were. I came across this meme the other day. Um, No offence to fruitcake fans out there. Uh, But the joke underneath this meme read, unbeknownst to most theologians, there was a fourth wise man 
who was turned away for bringing a fruitcake. The point is that there probably weren't three of them. And they probably weren't kings either. Um, They were clearly very wealthy because we're told that they brought gifts. They opened up their treasures, we're told. And they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But that doesn't mean that they were kings. Actually, they were most likely astrologers introduced to us as magi or wise men. And so the, the song, We Three Kings of Orient Are, ought to be revised slightly, oughtn't it, to, to We Three Kings of Orient Aren't. But whoever they were exactly, it's pretty clear that they actually don't belong in this story. Did you notice that? They, they actually don't belong in this story. They were foreigners from the East, They were foreigners from the east, that is Arabia or Persia or Babylon even. The point is that these guys were not Jewish. They had their own king. They had their own religion. They had their own culture. They were under no obligation whatsoever to acknowledge Jesus, let alone worship him. Why should they care less about a new Jewish king? Well, I take it it means that not only is Jesus king of the Jews, he's also king of me and you. And actually, that is where Matthew's story will end. Jesus has global significance. So we read from Matthew chapter 2, but if you read right at the end of Matthew, Jesus himself says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, all authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. The point is that the Magi accepted Jesus' kingship, but Herod rejects it. There's a few things you need to know about this Herod too, because there's there's actually a few Herods in the Bible. There's a few things you need to know about this one. This one was murderously ruthless in clinging to his own power. In fact, he had his wife, mother-in-law, and three of his sons executed to protect his own rule. This guy was a a madman. And get this, they they weren't actually carried out, um, thank goodness, but his dying wish, okay, was that a group of men be assembled, a group of very important men be assembled in Jerusalem and killed uh, as soon as his own death was announced so that the people in Jerusalem might weep instead of rejoice at the news of his death. Actually, even here in Matthew's story, Herod doesn't want to worship Jesus, does he? He wants to kill him. And when the Magi don't report back to Herod, he will go on to murder hundreds, if not thousands, of infant boys in a search-and-destroy mission for this one born king of the Jews. Herod is one of history's great tyrants. But he understood something that we must too. One must either receive and acknowledge Jesus or ignore and reject him. One must either receive and acknowledge Jesus or ignore and reject him. The Magi chose to accept him. Herod chose to reject him. And those two basic responses actually continued all the way through Jesus' life. 
and the same choices before us today. See, every single person here takes after the Magi or Herod in accepting Jesus or rejecting Jesus. See, Jesus actually represented a threat to Herod, didn't he? If Jesus was king, it meant that he wasn't. And by the way, the same is true for you. If Jesus is king, it means that you're not. My invitation to you and challenge to you is to line up behind the Magi, receive and acknowledge Jesus, and then worship with them. Frankincense to offer have I. Incense owns a deity nigh. Prayer and praising, all men raising, worship him God most high. I love Christmas carols. One of my favourites is O Holy Night. There's been so many great renditions of that over the years. There's one line in the first stanza which reads, A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. And in what has felt like one giant game of snakes and ladders, who here can say that they are not weary? I'm weary. I'm weary of the discord. I'm weary of the distress. I'm weary of the disconnectedness. And I'm weary of the dysfunction. So what is it that gives us hope and a reason to rejoice even in 2021? Well, the beauty of Christmas is this. That it's just the start of the story. It's not the end. The story doesn't end with a baby in the manger. The story doesn't end with the Magi returning to their country via another route. It doesn't end at the cross either or even at the side of an empty tomb. The story actually hasn't ended yet. See, Christmas sets in, set, sets in motion a series of events that will climax when God himself will come again to dwell among his people forever. And on that day, for those who have received and acknowledged him, all the things that weary us will be no more. There will be no more discord. There will be no more distress. There will be no more disconnectedness. There will be no more dysfunction, for he will make all things new. And that's the sort of ending that we were hoping for, wasn't it? The gift that God holds out to a weary world is his son, and through him, eternal life. And if you accept Jesus' gift of eternal life, no matter what 2022 brings or doesn't bring, you have everything to look forward to. As I said before, this Christmas, perhaps more than any other in living memory, we may rejoice, though we are weary, because Christmas promises so much more. In Jesus, God has given us the gift that we both deeply wanted and so desperately need. And as I said, my invitation to you, my challenge to you is to line up behind the Magi and receive him as a gift that he is and then receive from him that which he offers. Jesus himself would later say, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Let me close in prayer. Gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, how can we ever thank you enough for the greatest of all your gifts to us, the gift of your Son? Help us to comprehend all that Christmas means for us both now and forevermore. Lead us by your Spirit as you did the wise men from the East to to seek the Saviour, to continue searching until we find him, and then to lay before him the best gifts we can possibly offer, and that is our very selves. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, we're going to watch a little video.